Shining a light on government, making sure that it is transparent and that you know what's happening there. It's full disclosure with the Better Government Association. David Grising is the president and CEO of the BGA and joins us. David, as always, welcome back. Hey, Jim. Well, let's get started here, and I hope everybody is uh, sitting down. Brace yourselves for this. I know this is going to come as a shock to you, but an Illinois lawmaker is facing federal corruption charges. This is practically unheard of in Illinois, David. Uh, uh, give us a little bit of the backstory of Senator Emil Jones, and why does this keep happening in Illinois? Well, sadly, this is all too familiar. State Senator Emil Jones III, uh, the son of the former state president, Emil Jones Jr., is accused of taking a $5,000 bribe uh, from SafeSpeed, uh, the big red light camera company, and also seeking a job for an associate of his. Uh, this was filed as a criminal information, which indicates that it's possible uh, that Emil Jones III may be pleading guilty on Friday when he's arraigned in federal court. And, uh, you know, as you noted, David, this, uh, this is something that we see a lot here. And it's just so astonishing because so many uh, of these guys have seen their colleagues one by one get brought up on charges, get prosecuted. Some plead guilty. Uh, some get convicted at trial. Uh, they wind up doing time. Their careers are in tatters. Their reputations are ruined. Uh, for $5,000, I mean, it is just so inexplicable to me and it's it's inexplicable why we can't seem to get a handle on this and, and get it under control. Oh, that is one of the astonishing things, Jim, uh, the amount of money, but also the, the regularity with which we unfortunately continue to see these cases. One would have thought that after we've seen any number of state lawmakers uh, taken down, including the former chair of the Transportation Committee, which is the committee that Emil Jones Jr. sits on and apparently was the target of safe speed, this, uh, uh, say this red light camera company. It's worth noting that safe speed has been the font of, uh, criminal, uh, uh, allegations for a number of state lawmakers. Uh, they're the company that does the red light cameras. And in this particular instance, they were trying to, to curtail legislation that sought to look into the effectiveness of this supposed safety tool, uh, which is really just a revenue, gener revenue generating tool for a number of Chicago suburbs. They wanted to limit the study that the state plans to do to just the city of Chicago, and that's why they allegedly were bri bribing Emil Jones III. Well, uh, David, we, we talk about this a lot in the context of the state's ethics laws. Uh, and uh, again, <laughs> we go through this every few months or so. Another lawmaker indicted. There is an outcry to say, let's do more on this. And then very little happens. Any reason to think it's going to be any different this time? Well, there's a difference between ethics and outright criminal conduct. Uh, we do need improvements on our ethics laws, but even more effective ethics laws would not have prevented this kind of alleged criminal conduct where a bribe allegedly is being paid. That's not covered under ethics. Ethics are a matter of judgment about what's appropriate and what's not. This is a question of what's legal and what's illegal. And uh, it's interesting that the Republicans in the Senate um, and House, the Republican leaders, have tried to make this a Democratic Party 
issue and and uh jim durkin the the house minority leader uh even went so far as to call uh the um uh the Democratic Party, a criminal enterprise. Well, that's going over the top. But Democrats are in charge in Illinois, and that therefore Democrats are um, most likely to be targeted by corrupt players. Uh, but uh, it, it's really a question of the culture that needs to be addressed. And uh, the leaders and everybody in the legislature and in state government has a long way to go to cure this problem. It's full disclosure with the Better Government Association. David Greising is the president and CEO. David, we turn our attention now to the Safety Act and the provisions uh, known as the Pretrial Fairness Act that take effect on January 1st statewide. We had a great conversation last evening here on WMAY with our Sangamon County State's attorney, uh, putting this into some perspective here, talking about... You know, some of the facts and some of the hype over this. Uh, But he acknowledges there are some very real concerns about this law and hopes that uh, some of this can be tweaked or modified uh, before January 1st to bring some clarity to to all of this. Uh, And, David, of course, this has been something that's been ripe for misinformation, and it appears that some players are out there deliberately seeking to distort the situation. But it is creating a a real uh, concern for prosecutors and uh, some issues for judges as far as what they're going to be able to do to uh, to make sure the people who do pose a genuine risk to the public uh, can be detained and are not just released back out into society. Yeah, and it's interesting, Jim, that the debate over this uh, act is turning a little bit just now. The Democrats are pushing back against conservative and uh, Republican uh, claims that the Safety Act is making everybody, will make everybody in Illinois unsafe when its provisions are enacted, specifically the no-cash bail uh, provision. The Democrats now are starting to turn this a little bit and say, you know what? A drug kingpin, for example, has no problem making bail. And this act actually empowers a judge to keep that person more readily in jail while they await trial, whereas under the existing system, uh, it's really if, if they have cash to get, get out, they get out. And um, or it's not it's at least uh, it's easier for them to get out. So it's interesting to see how the debate is beginning to turn. There seems to be little doubt that there do need to be some fixes to this law. Uh, Kwame Real, the state attorney general, acknowledged as much uh, uh, just just yesterday. And uh, given how much hay has been made in the political debate uh, leading up to the midterm elections, uh, it, we would expect to see some action take place, possibly in the veto session of the state legislature. It's it partly, it seems, a product of our, our politics these days where people are loath to admit uh, that they may have done anything wrong or anything that might need to be revisited. And so we've seen this misinformation, uh, you know, kind of linger out there. The proponents of this, uh, as you noted, have only recently started to push back, but they let the misinformation get a toe hold because nobody wanted to come out and admit, yeah, we actually might have screwed some things up on this. We might have uh, done this a little bit too hastily. We might need to make some fixes to this. Uh, And that's really, I think, detrimental uh, to overall governance when people can't even, you know, come out to say, yeah, we we did this wrong. We have to fix it now. Uh, And uh, even at at this point, it's more sort of behind the scenes whispers and people openly coming out and saying, yeah, we're going to have to fix this. 
Well, certainly uh, the the conservatives in the state have had the run of this argument for weeks now, including the uh, uh, the notorious Dan Proft, who has published these fake newspapers that are really uh, making a big deal out of, with a, with a bunch of not not altogether true allegations about the failings of the Safety Act. Uh, the Democrats now are just, as you said finally beginning to say, yes, maybe there are a few things that need to be tweaked here. And they're finally rallying to defend uh, the the law because it was thoughtfully put together, uh, despite allegations that it was done in the middle of the night. There were public hearings over weeks. This was a an open process of uh, developing this piece of legislation. It possibly went too far, and that's for the legislature to decide in the fall veto session. But it in in terms of the equity objectives, uh, it does appear to be well established to set up to make the system more fair, uh, so that people who don't have the means to make bail aren't held in in jail sometimes longer than the actual sentence they serve if they're ultimately convicted. It's just a complex issue, and fixing one problem may have unintended consequences in another area of the law or the pre-sentencing process. Hopefully, they can get it worked out, but the clock is definitely running on this. By the way, we will have our uh, full interview with the Sangamon County State's Attorney, Dan Wright, uh, available on demand a little bit later this morning at WMAY.com. I encourage people to listen to it. It's a very uh, well-reasoned and thoughtful look at the pros and cons of the Safety Act and the Pretrial Fairness Act. Stay with us. We've got more full disclosure on the way with David Greising, President and CEO of the Better Government Association here on 92.7 WMAY. Well, I'm Jim Leach and for Greg Bishop each Wednesday morning at this time for full disclosure with the Better Government Association and David Greising, President and CEO of the BGA. Only a couple of minutes left here. Of course, the BGA website, an important source for original reporting, and there is a, an important article that is up now, uh, and it pertains to the Chicago public schools, but I think this is a, a concern how well we are uh, dealing with students with special needs in our schools and whether we are giving them uh, the sufficient resources and, and watching out for their rights. Uh, David, tell me what the BGA has found out in this look at uh, the BGA and special ed assistance. Right. Once a year, children with disabilities are entitled to a meeting called an individual education plan where resources and a curriculum for the students are set. It's very important. It really determines what the next year of that student's life in school is like. And often uh, the people who know these students best, a position called the special education assistant, uh, um, are excluded from these meetings. Uh, parents have a right to ask for uh, these SICAs to be present, but often parents don't know of this right. And the meetings are held with really the school system in charge instead of uh, people working together as a group to look out for what's best. And without including these SICAs, it's really hard to say what a student's capabilities are in a classroom day to day. And so this this story focused on the fact that all too often these people are excluded. The union representing them, the service employees union uh, is arguing that SICAs should have the right to request that they participate in the IEPs for these students they serve 